Uh, hi everyone, I'm Seth, and I'll be telling you about my experiences of playing pro football in Brazil. So this is the beginning. Um, I'm not too proud of this picture. Uh, my dad's in the audience, and I don't know why he let me have my hair cut like that. <laughs> I mean, look at the state of that. But like all young boys, really, my dream was to be a professional footballer. And when I joined Peterborough United's Academy at the age of eight, I thought my dreams have all come true. You know, I went with Dad every Saturday to watch Posh. Um, absolutely loved them. And, you know, Posh came with serious stuff. Like, I was training three times a week, playing on a Sunday. We were given homework. Like, we had to do kick-ups every night. We had to do ladder work. Um, it was a massive commitment. And, you know, my parents really helped me with that um, in terms of transporting me all around the country. And then, like most young footballers, the dream died, and I was released at the age of 15, and absolutely devastated. I thought it was over. Fortunately, it wasn't. Um, there's a guy called Guy Walton in the audience. Uh, just hand up. Uh, very, very modest guy. Um, and he's really helped me here, where he said, look, Seth, I think you've still got a career in you. Come and play for your local team, Stamford, who played at the time in the uh, Northern League Division 1. So I joined Stamford. I played in the reserve team at first and the under-18 team. And towards the second season in the under-18s, there was this guy who started to watch our games called Anderson, who was a uh, Brazilian. And there was rumours he was an agent, you know, that he was working for Arsenal and stuff. And he was a bit of a mysterious character. And then one day, a guy approached me and said, look, lads, we've got the opportunity to go to Brazil for a tour. Do you fancy it? Everyone's like, yeah, of course we do. So there we go. You know, we paid, I think, £500 each. And Anderson was a bit lax of the details. So we didn't really know what was going to happen. We just knew we were going to Brazil to play football. We touched down at the airport and we were mobbed by the media. Didn't have a clue why, you know. Like, we played Ironsby Rovers the week before to about 20 people watching. There was, you know, the man and his dog. And all of a sudden, they were like, TV crews, radio, everything. It turned out that Anderson, like a lot of Brazilians, had been a bit, you know, laid back with the details. And there was all this media craze because the tournament we were playing in, we'd been drawn in the same group as Brazil's national team. <laughs> so the next day, uh, we got out of this stadium. You can see it here. I think there were 8,000 people watching. And Coutinho had some good players. Um, they had a guy called Coutinho playing for them. Um, I think he's gone on to do all right. So he did all right against us because he scored a hat-trick. They beat us 8-0. And, I mean, we had Guy's son, Jay, got sent off in 40 minutes for a shoulder barge. He had the whole stadium booing him. <laughs> so we were pretty gutted about this loss. Uh, I was even more gutted because along with these lads here, um, I wasn't allowed to play. Um, we, we'd been told beforehand, but actually we were too old to play. Um, so, I mean, you know, we're gutted there. We've lost. We couldn't play. Unless we walked onto the coach at the end of the game... There's hordes of Brazilians all holding up eight fingers here, laughing at us. I mean, you know, we'd, we'd come fourth in the North Hans Midweek Youth League, so Brazil's under 17, just <laughs> different level. But um, there were some positives out of this, like I say. So this team here is called Vitoria, and at the time they were playing in the top level of Brazilian football. And to say, you know, to apologise for not being able to play in the tournament, Anderson sorted for us six lads to train in Vittoria for two weeks. So I got really lucky in that I did all right in training um, and got asked to play for them. I said, Seth, our left-back's been called up for the Brazil national team. We need someone to fill in. 
And I looked at them and thought, I wasn't good enough for Peterborough, so I'm not sure it'll be good enough for you. <laughs> anyway, I lined up, and the game kicked off at midday. Uh, I think this is the only game we had in Brazil which actually kicked off on time. Uh, they're usually about two or three hours late. And unfortunately, midday is when the sun is at its highest. And if any of you have been in a sauna, you'll kind of uh, know what it's like to play in Brazil. It was absolutely horrible. You know, it's the left back, you're supposed to be bombing on in Brazil. I was just sitting there on the halfway line, booting the ball when it came to me, and just saying, yeah, no more, no more. Just get the ball over to the right-hand side. I don't know how, but there was a guy watching, Emerson, who was helping out of us at Stanford. And he said, you know what, Seth? I think you can do a bit for me. I've got a tournament coming up. It's called the Copa Sao Paulo, which is equivalent of their FA Youth Cup. He's like, do you want to sign for me? I was like, yeah, of course I do. So... There you go. I agreed to go. I was 18 years old, and I was looking on the internet at pictures of a place called Ceriso. So it's quite an agricultural area. It's in a cleared rainforest, pretty much bang in the middle of South America. Really, really hot there. But I was taking pictures on the internet, and I was thinking, wow, this is amazing. I can't wait. I'm going to be a professional footballer, finally. This is my dream come true. In November, I travelled out there. Uh, it took 36 hours to get there. And this is what I found. <laughs> so finally, I achieved my dream of professional footballer, and I got the life that that entailed. So this place is Casados Filtros, uh, which literally means house of filters, because it's a garage. And when the chairman who picked me up, he, uh, he took me to this place. I thought, oh, he's stopping to get petrol. They told me to get my luggage out, and I mean, I was a bit wary of it anyway. I wasn't sure it was the right guy. What, was he going to mug me? And he took me into this garage, and it turned out that Castos Filtros is where the whole team stayed. So there was 28 of us in this place, and three bedrooms. This was the only bathroom. Um, you can see showers on the left. Uh, these are the toilets. This picture was taken in my first week, and by the second week, all of these shower curtains had been torn down. So there's absolutely no privacy at all. Um, made all the worse by the fact that Brazilians are quite passionate people. And 18-year-old boys are very passionate people. <laughs> I saw some horrible sights. <laughs> they were not shy. <coughs> so my room, um, sit here. This was actually the, you know, the, the showroom. This is the best room in the whole place. Um, there are only six of us in this one. Uh, the room opposite, there was 14 people. And all the rest were just bundled into the other room. So you see, the accommodation's absolutely horrible. But they did that on purpose, because even Vitoria, who were a you know, top, top team in Brazil, you know, their, their accommodation was similar. And the reason is that in Brazil, they think that you know, English players, they always said to me, are given everything. They said, Seth, Seth. Why? They were saying, like, how does it keep your hunger? Because a lot of their players come from ver you know, very poor, very poor backgrounds. And they think that if you give players everything, they're going to lose that hunger. So they put you in these horrible conditions on purpose to try and make you, you know, try and give you that real hunger and desire to improve yourself and work really hard to make it. Brazilians really like partying. I mean, they really like football, but they really, really like partying. So... This garage was next to a like, massive favela. Um, you can see uh, the window's got bars. 
so I thought that was to keep people from coming in. But it turns out these bars are actually from for stop people going out. <laughs> so every night, the house got locked at midnight. Uh, we had two coaches staying with us. We had the kit man, the goalkeeping coach. And it was their task to ensure that players didn't go out, they didn't party. I don't know if you can see from the picture, but there's actually one of the bars missing in the window. <laughs> so at one minute past midnight, and this happened every single night I was there, at least two Brazilians, usually there's about ten of them, would just line up and they'd all dive out of this bar, this window. And they'd come back in about five, six in the morning, and then at half seven we'd all wake up to go trading. I don't know how they did it, but fair play to them. So... In Brazil, I didn't understand this, but they absolutely love English people. Um, <laughs> at least they did before I got there anyway. I'm not sure what it's like now. They basically, they say that we're the inventors. Um, so they have real respect because, you know, they, they say, you know, you invented football, you guys invented football, and, you know, football is our soul, and it's because of you. <laughs> so every day I trained... It was really hot, <laughs> really, really hot. Um, and the trains were kind of crazy because I was used to training you know, once, twice a week with Stamford, playing once a week. All of a sudden, I was training 13 times a week. And train sessions in Brazil are really long. An average train session takes about two and a half hours. So five hours of training, six days a week, and then Sundays we've got Sunday afternoons off. I've never been fitter. Um, you see the common, the change rooms in the background, they're very typical of kind of Brazilian, like, you know, kind of surroundings we had. And the pitch actually looks pretty good, which is not realistic because every pitch I played on, I've had grass up to my knees or no grass at all, which did not help my technique in the slightest. So this was really crazy for me. Um... I just like kind of became a bit of a media sensation out there. Like they just loved this story of an English guy going to play football in Brazil. I think even more so because the team I was playing for weren't actually that good by Brazilian standards. Um, I mean, you have 800 professional teams in Brazil, and this team are ranked about 350th. So they only played in a state league, so they weren't good enough for the top four leagues. Um, I mean, most weeks I was doing TV interviews, radio interviews. And it got so crazy that you know, we were working towards the Copa Sao Paulo. And just before the first game, I was asleep, and a door opens. There's a camera crew, and they've come to film me sleeping. It's the most <laughs> surreal thing ever. <laughs> so leading up to the first game, you know, I'm, I'm turning on TV. There's people talking about me in the studio saying, oh, Seth, the guy from Brazil, he's going to be the big thing at this tournament. I couldn't believe it. So we were drawing the same team in the same group as Palmeiras. Um, massive deal. Uh, the game is shown live on ESPN. Uh, and the first game we had, we had the host, Sal Carlos. I was named on the bench. I was like, okay, fair enough. Um, the guys here are unreal, so I'm, I'm happy with that. I had two or three cameras training me the whole time. You know, I picked my nose. They zoomed in on me. I went to run about. They were following me along. It's it's just nuts. Uh, unfortunately, we lost that game 4-0. And unfortunately, I was the closest I got to the pitch. Um, I didn't even make the subs bench for the next two games. And the Brazilians kind of realised, oh, he's not actually that good at football. <laughs> I don't know what the big deal was. Fortunately for me, the chairman had other ideas. Because I wasn't very good at football compared to the others. 
I was getting his club media attention. And his club was so small that this meant a great deal to him. So after the tournament, we lost every single game. I think 4-0 was actually our best result. Um, they'd spent 300 grand on this for no return. Manager got sacked. But it was all right for me because they gave me a two-year professional contract. I'll take it. Third choice left back in the under-18s, but uh, there we go. Now, this pro contract was really serious. Um, I mean, before every day, we'd always play a rondo. You know, have one or two guys in the middle. Invariably, I was in the middle, and invariably, I get nutmegged every time. <coughs> and suddenly, I went from being nutmegged by these, you know, promising under-18 players to being nutmegged by a guy called Capone, who was our club captain. Now, this guy, he must have weighed about 15 stone. He had massive man boobs, smoked 40 a day. But he was a European Super Cup winner. Um, he'd won it with Galatasaray. They'd beat um, was it Arsenal in the final, uh, the UEFA Cup. Then they went on to play Real Madrid. And all of a sudden, he was a teammate for me, which was crazy. Um, the left back, I said, oh, where have you played? He said, oh, you know, yeah, I used to play at Sao Paulo. Uh, I was in the same team as Kaká. So, okay, so, oh, where have you played? Oh, well, I played uh, at Stanford. Have you heard of Guy Walton? Unfortunately, he hadn't. <laughs> it was all right, because I said to the second left-back, oh, yeah, how about you? Oh, yeah, I've just got up from Germany. I've been playing for Hamburg. Oh, yeah, they're pretty good. <laughs> so my time on the professional team is quite limited. Um, I played 10 minutes in the Mickey Mouse Cup game. We're 5-0 up, and the coach looked at me and was like, I'm not sure we can lose 6-5, so, Seth, I'll give you a game. And other than that, my training was limited to running about on the side and being a defensive ball for the senior team as to practice free kicks. <laughs> but still, I was a professional footballer, or so I thought, because a week after my visa ran out, the chairman came to me and said, oh, Seth, congratulations. So the problem with this is his English wasn't very good, and he actually went and had a big problem. And though we uh, stayed opposite the you know, visa office, it turned out they hadn't sold me a work permit. He said, oh, Seth, not to worry, not to worry. Uh, you fly to Paraguay, then you fly back to Brazil. It's fine, they'll let you in, they'll let you in. It's like, no. You know, my dream had kind of died a bit, really, because I'd gone from thinking I was a professional footballer to being a human wall, <laughs> which isn't really very fun. So I said to him, look, you know, you've only got a week of the season. I'll go back to Brazil, sort everything out. I'll go back to England, sorry, I'll sort everything out, and then come back to Brazil. That didn't work out very well. Um, a few months after I got back to England, uh, one of our club directors, a guy called Elias, was murdered. Um, now, Elias was an interesting character because he was, he was a gay man, and Brazilian football is very, very homophobic. So Elias is also uh, a local politician, and he was murdered. He was stabbed 15 times by his boyfriend. Um, but the strong rumour is that you know, it wasn't um, a lover's tiff. And actually, this rumour was that the chairman had paid this guy to take Elias out, because apparently he was gaining too much importance um, on the political scene. <coughs> so I looked at that, and I was like, yeah, I don't mind being back in England. It's better than staying in that garage anyway. Uh, then, you know, a few months later, it turned out I couldn't go back anyway, because Ceriso, the club folded. Uh, it turned out that Ceriso was supposed to be one of the big clubs in Brazil. You know, it had a crazy amount of money pumped into it. Unfortunately, that money was all being laundered. Um, <laughs> local authorities found us out and shut the club down. And now the football stadium is used by an American football team. No football in the city at all. 
So I was back in England, I wrote round to all professional clubs and got zero replies. So I went back to playing for Stamford with Guy. I also started playing a sport called futsal. Um, now I played a bit of futsal um, before I went out to Brazil. I was fortunate enough at Peterborough's Academy to uh, be coached by Dan Ashworth, who's now the Senior Development Officer at the FA. Um, not sure of his exact title. But he was a really innovative coach, and he had us training futsal once a week, you know, this is back in 1998. So I've played a bit before, but being out in Brazil had really taught me kind of the key parts of futsal, you know, controlling the ball, passing, movement, close, intricate play. So I started to play this at Loughborough. Um, it turned out that my Brazil experience made me pretty good at futsal. In my first season, I was really fortunate to be called up into the England and 21 squad. So there's, um, there's me looking really happy with myself. And now that's me. Um, I don't play football anymore. I play futsal full-time in the National League over here. And um, that's my really main focus. Anyway, it's been a pleasure to t talk to you. Um, I think I'm going to have about a five, ten-minute break for just refreshments, drinks. Um, there's books available to buy over there. Um, feel free to talk to any of us, and we'll get started again in five minutes.